Hello, everyone, and welcome back for season four of Lush Life, the classic collection. We'll be exploring classic cocktails, who drank them, who makes them, and a few modern twists on the genre. Things would get so boring if we didn't change it up a little. So saying that, I wanted to let you know the format has been zhuzh slightly. Don't be scared, none of the good stuff is gone. You're still going to hear from the greats of the cocktail world and still going to get your cocktail of the week. You'll just have to wait until the bitter end to discover who our next guest is and all the ways you can support Lush Life. That being said, let's get on with the show. I'm Susan Schwartz, your drinking companion, and this is Lush Life Podcast. Every week, we are inspired to live life one cocktail at a time by the best in the industry. There could be no better way to begin a season of classics than by inviting Alessandro Palazzi to kick off season four. He defines classic in every sense of the word, but don't think that makes him any less modern. With more than 800 gins on the market, vermouth production on the rise, and let's not even get into vodka, fruity, shaken or stirred, no one can really define how to make a classic martini at all anymore. What I can tell you is from his second home at Duke's Bar, Alessandro has probably made more martinis than anyone in London, if not the world. Four years and many martinis ago, he was game enough to be Lush Life's third guest ever. And now he's back. The one and only Alessandro Palazzi. Even in the past few years since we've met before... Have things changed a lot? All the time. All the time. That's the beauty. That's one of the things I love. You know, sometimes people say, after so many years, you're still doing this job. Of course, because every time it's changed. You know, for instance, and it's happened to me personally, my daughter became vegan. Veganism is becoming uh, quite big. So with drinks and people, now people ask me, is this product vegan? And, uh, you know... If someone 10 years ago asked me if he's vegan, I said, well, what kind of cocktail is that? And now, like I said, not only because my daughter herself is vegan, is a proper vegan, so I'm much more. And in one way, people say, oh, you know about it. Of course I know about it. Uh, it's very interesting. And we have a product, you know, especially as you know, I work with Sacred a lot. All these products are vegan, but not by choice. It's just the coincidence, the way he believes, the way he does the product. So it's good for me to... Someone asked me a cocktail, but I'm vegan. How you make shoes? Hey, it's no problem. I got this and this and this. Oh, wow. And uh, But we thought that because you're a jukes, you're a classic. I said, yeah, but you can be classic. And the beauty today, you can also be modern. Because the ambiance looks classic. We got white jacket. You know, we wear a tie. We have to have a short hair. All that kind of things. We don't have tattoos or earrings. All that other bar, for instance, you may be finding shortage, which I have absolutely nothing wrong with that. But you have to always one step ahead. And that's the beauty about, especially London, New York. And now it's become a goblet. It's, you know, it's becoming bigger. More and more people, customer travel. There's more interest in what we're doing. People always want something new. And uh, an example I can give you, I don't know if last time, you know, now we have uh, the revival of Negroni. So Negroni is a classy drink. But you can do Negroni with mezcal. So you can do, I did a Negroni, a new Negroni, I don't know if last time, with pitted whiskey. And uh, for instance, if you go to some more, I wouldn't say modern, more 
what we call it, you know, I use the word in show issue because that's where a lot of this place, you know, they smoke the glass and the smoke. I just find a spray. I find an essence of, of pitted. So I call Negroni Torbato. Torbato is pit. So why? Because I don't want to, you know, you don't come here in a place like Duke's and start seeing flare or start seeing smoke coming out. But I can give the same effect just spraying something on top of the Negroni. So I did a Negroni with a pitted whiskey from Sacred, China, which is one of my favorite Amaro, and the Apple, slice of orange, and then I sprayed this product come from New Zealand, who I discovered in um, um, in Isla, Isla where La Gavoline and everything, mm-hmm. in all the place, in a pizzeria called Pizzeria. <laughs> but did you order one and someone came out and sprayed no, it? No, 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 no. There was a French, uh, a French fry chips with a pit aroma. So for the first time in my life, I had a pizza with chips. I never, you know, it's an Italian pizza with French fry. It's crazy. And uh, and uh, uh, so and it's uh, one of the smell. I love it. That's one of the things when I go to Isla. West Coast of Scotland. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people with my think I'm talking about Ireland, no Ireland, Ireland. And uh, so the, the the pizza came, which wasn't bad, but the, most of all I was looking after this uh, French fry, and they, they, they added this aroma. So I went down to the owner. I says, "How did you manage?" At the beginning, he wasn't very reluctant to tell me. Then when I told him I was doing a cocktail, for this very important man in the whiskey industry, I was doing. This kind of, he was doing a gala in the middle of, they asked me to do this, this cocktail. And I already had it, but it, 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 there was something missing. And I thought that would be the perfect thing. And uh, in the end, they sort of gave me the, 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 the what he used. It's just, a, it's a product come from New Zealand. Then I put in a spray and I spray on top of the Negroni. So you have to, you have to, you have to change. And then, you know, since the last time we met, I came out with some other, um, what he has probably regarded is never would never happened twenty years ago at Duke's. Another one with fish, with botaga. I don't know if oh, you're familiar yeah. with yeah, botaga. Of course, I know it. Yeah, so there's you know, this like wonderful salty. That's a, a fish, raw fish. Cod. Yeah. Usually, it's from tuna, mm-hmm. and it's from Sardinia. And there's this wonderful new distillery in uh, again in Scotland. It's called the Isle of Aris. Beautiful gin, and uh, which one of the botanical is a sweet kelp from the ocean. So I thought I could grate on top of that. And uh, that's it. And again, people like it. So you see, you, you always have to come out. Uh, obviously, you have, one has to always remember the place you're working. You know, if it's a classic place, you have to remain classic. But because of the demand of the people, you always have to be in front. And it's like, for instance, yesterday I tried a new gin from Kenya. Beautiful. Absolutely stunning. From someone who's really passionate and everything. And uh, then somebody else brought me a gin from India, which we are trying tonight. I put in the freezer. Gin from India. You see, and the, I, if the product is good, the, my team, because obviously we always choose with the team, and then I give to the regular customer, there's a product. So can you imagine? You come here, you know, people think, oh, gin from London. No, I have a gin from. Colombia, from uh, you know, from Kenya, from Germany, from not just all from London, from America. So you always have to keep an interest because the more, more the, the the customer today they're hungry for something new. Well, saying that, then yes, you can make all these new different cocktails, but 
the Duke's martini is so it's famous always the here. Best. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no. So no, no, no. What I'm saying is, is that how often do you change and tweak that? You know, the recipe for no, the, the classic, classic Duke's martini. No, the classic Duke's martini is always the classic. The way we do it. What well, changes the product? No, that's what I mean. Sorry, yeah. that's what I meant. When do you know to change the product? Obviously, it has the, the same ingredients. Gin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When Depends. do you think? Okay, it's time. I know you work with sacred gin a lot, but when do you think? Oh no, no, it's oh. not only sacred. It's uh, Barry Brothers. Like I said, there's a Colombian gin I use. There's a German gin. It's you know here, myself and the team. We are passionate what we're doing. We are bartender. Okay, so when a new product comes, either through connection or is a friend of a friend, or I've been to some event where I met this producer. First of all, if we share the passion, because for me it's very important, the, 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 you know, if the producer, and you can see and taste it. And then I don't care where the gene comes from. It can come from Russia, from the moon, I don't care. If the product is good, it's accepted by my team. So normally we, we taste it with the team, and then we, give, we have a regular customer. They always drink the same gin or the same vodka for years and years and years. And they are my last resource. So I go to the customer and say, okay, today I'm going to play with your liver. This is on me. I'm making you this. I don't show the bottle, nothing. I hide. I make the classic gin martini in the trolley like we normally do frozen. And then I ask the feedback. If the majority is a good feedback, that's how we take the new product. And then what we do is always give the choice to the customer. So, for instance, last week I said to my team, I warn you, when the customer asks you which is your favorite gin of vodka, it's the one you prefer, not the one I always use. It's very important. So each one, they have a favorite gin. So if you come and say, well, what is your favorite gin? It's up to whoever serve you or my team to choose the gin. I don't force them. But we remain always the classic martini with the vermouth, which I created with sacred, the frozen gin and vodka, and the amalfi lemon. But what I change is the, what you call is the product. And the other thing, uh, again, uh, to change, for instance, is very popular, the dirty martini. Okay? So normally you put the brine. I do a little bit different. You see, so I take something classic. I do completely different. And also I'm working now with a lady from France who she make a distillation of olives. So I added this product inside. You see? So I do a completely different. So again... Classic, but with a modern twist. Because, you, like I said, you have to keep the customer happy. In the old days, you came at Dukes, they will always use the same gin. Mm-hmm. Unless you said to them, oh, have you got another? Well, here, we give a choice. And every time I bring another new gin I just brought recently, it's from Norway, made from potatoes. Beautiful, absolutely. I know personally the owner, Stig, and uh, it's a beautiful, and it's been very successful. I have to admit, I love to hear what you're saying about a dirty martini because I thought that every bartender who really was a, a martini fan ran out screaming when they heard dirty martini. No, so it's so nice that it has been embraced by no, the Alessandro course. Palazzi. No, always, because like uh. I said, always, you, you know, I grew up with a classic. I grew up where my peer, when I was a younger bartender, you weren't allowed to this, you weren't allowed to that. I remember when I went back to work in Paris, Someone asked me for uh, to make a champagne cocktail, and I was uh, decorating. And, and my big boss, yeah, we don't decorate champagne. It's classic. We don't do it. And I said, no, no, no. But in London, you know, he said to me, go back to London if you don't like it. You know, and I was just thought, 
why these people they are so mm-hmm. you know they were so blinker you always and even when I was a younger button I always used to fight with my teacher or different peers because I was thinking you know if someone asked me my advice is different you want a dirty martini make a dirty martini whether you want half and half or whatever provide is possible I don't have any you know it's the same for instance when I was younger I used to fight with my, you know we were talking about Negroni one of my favorite drink in Italy when I was doing catering school when I grew up and younger bartender it was regarded as something you only drink before your dinner or before your lunch but if I went out you know there's a living party I go out at midnight we meet in you know in some bar to say goodbye to a colleague or to a friend one of the first thing I will order is a Negroni. I don't care. And now you can see people order Negroni. People here order Negroni, and I teach my stuff. There's nothing, you know. 30 years ago, you came 11 o'clock at night, you asked for Negroni. The button there would say, this is not what you drink now. Where am I to tell you what to... You want the Negroni at I 11? never knew there were Negroni rules, like cappuccino rules. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, no, like no, martini. Oh, yeah, 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 no. In the, in the beginning, Negroni was regarded as uh-huh. an aperitif. Yeah. You were not there. You know, it's like cappuccino right. in Italy. <laughs> In the old days, God people... God forbid you, you order it after 11 yeah, o'clock in the morning, right? Yeah. You know, if at night time you ask for cappuccino, they, 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 they look at you, cappuccino? What are you talking oh, about? I, yeah, yeah, no, no. Or cafe latte. Cafe latte is something you have a breakfast in Italy. But I, I always grow up, you drink what you like. So it doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. And again, I have one of my bartenders been with me for quite a long time, he's a little bit... Uh, and I have to keep telling him. You know, stop it, because for him, Martin is only gin. I said, you need to open, you need to be open. Uh, you know, we have to go with uh, what people want, how they want it. I don't find anything, you know, you want me, like I and said. And that's the service part of the job. Exa- that's the hospitality part of I mean, the job. Who am I to say, I'm putting, uh, I do Martini with truffle, white truffle. I do Martini with uh, Bottega. Who am I to criticize someone who wants a dirty Martini? That's what you like, or blue cheese stuff, olives in the, like in New York, it's very popular. We don't have it here, but it doesn't make any, you know, if I had it and you asked for it, I would serve it to you. I don't have any problem with that. So, you've just been given by Class Bar Magazine this Lifetime Achievement Award. Well, but still alive. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yes, you know, you're... It makes me laugh because you're not so old that you should be given this, this, this like exactly, yeah, word, but you yeah. have lived and you have, uh, you know, risen to the top. Um, what does the, I mean, you come here every day and you, you know, you are the kind of the maestro of Duke's Bar. What would you want to do next if you could do anything? Carry on making drinks. <laughs> this is <laughs> you know, these kind of awards is beautiful to have for five minutes. To, to be honest, I mean, I was very, you know, I did not expect it. But uh, awards, you you winning with the team. You know, they gave me, um, for me, they mean a lot when it's all together. Okay, they gave me this award, it's very nice. I've been in the industry, actually, they made a mistake. They said 33 years, actually, been in 45 years legally. Illegally, uh, 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 probably 46, 47. <laughs> As a younger boy, I used to walk behind the bar in the summer while I was in catering school. And uh, no, it's, it doesn't change anything. It, to be honest, it doesn't change anything. My thing is, my goal is to be able to do, I'm now 61, 
to do another 10 years if I, you know, obviously you'd never know what's around the corner. But uh, for me is to, is to, what do you call it, to carry on. And more, maybe one thing now, as I'm older, I'm still learning every day. I always says I will stop learning when they put me in the box under the earth. But um, I find more and more pleasure to talk to young bartender, to be able to do and what I do whenever I can do, you know, basho or uh, cocktail week. I just came back from Amsterdam a few weeks ago where, uh, yeah, beautiful Amsterdam, love. But uh, for me, it's when I be able to do the same thing I did in Oslo, to spend an afternoon with all the bartender and talk about and explain to them and, uh, you know, talk about my life, why I've been doing so long and what is the, the, the beauty of our job. And, uh, you know, kind of, uh, they call it masterclass. It's not master. I, I like to go, you know, to be among them and spend two or three hours and talk about our profession and give them a few ideas, you know, where I've seen a mistake where to, to, to show to them. And also, a lot of young bartenders today, they don't want to do it forever. You know, they find I'm a little bit of a special, uh, what they call it, uh, you know, like when you go to the zoo, you've been doing for 45 years, you still do it. And that shocked me, and I keep saying, yes, for me it's a vocation, it's, that's why I want to do it. I don't want to be a food and beverage or GM or brand ambassador. I want to be able to make drinks, serve people, and uh, hospitality. But like I said, probably it's to teach, be more involved with teaching the younger bartender. Um, they have so much to learn from you, but what do you find that you learn from all the young people? Oh, that you, you learn talk all the to? time. You learn all the time because uh, you know I also judge quite a lot of competition just to watch the new product they're using. You you learn the experience, what they found, the problem, how to start, what or we can share. You always learn. I always, I'm someone who absorbs all the time. It's the same when I travel to do different bashu around the world. That's when I come back richer. Or be able to, 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 you know, working with them. When I said to work, we're doing masterclass, we, we share. Is to see the new technique or what they come out. And sometimes they can inspire me. I, you know, and a classic example, younger bartender, very talented. Italian, he is, it's not because. Of, and uh, I went to his bar one evening and I said to him, I fancy an old-fashioned, I don't fancy whiskey. And he said, easy, I'll make you with rum. And I said, that's a good idea. So he made me an old-fashioned with bum. And I went, wow, this is fantastic. This is exactly, and, and this is kind of philosophy when people come to me. But what did you do? So he said, instead of uh, Angostura, I put peppermint bitter. Ah, and that gave me an idea. So one of my cocktails, I copied his idea, because we all copied to each other. We all, so which I didn't, to be honest, until that time, I didn't know there was peppermint bitters. You see, that's what you learn. And uh, it, it, sometimes I use this recipe when someone asks the same question, you see. So he's, I'm 61, he's 30. I took something from someone who's, you know, he's only 30 years old. So there's nothing wrong because uh, this is one thing when I do this uh, masterclass with a young bartender, everything has been invented. If a bartender says I invented, is is full of his ego because... We just copy each other, we take another product, we use another product, you know, but we don't invent anything, we recreate. So, yeah, no, I get a lot of inspiration by the younger, and always and, uh, come back richer.
All right, should we go try one of those cocktails? Certainly. Which one would you like to try today? Whiskey one, uh, gin? Well, I have to try that. Um... The Bottega don't have a finish, unfortunately. Oh, darn. Yeah. We'll have to yeah. come back and have yeah. it. Yeah. All right? Now, let me know. What would you prefer? More something stronger like a martini or more whiskey, more rum? Whatever you make for me. How can I thank everyone at Dukes who is waiting for Alessandro to return to the bar to make them their martini? Also a big hug to the man himself. So we all know James Bond had his martini shaken, not stirred. It was also Winston Churchill's signature beverage, icy cold and so dry, he just bowed toward France instead of letting vermouth anywhere near his glass. And Julia Child liked it one part gin to five parts French vermouth. Maybe that's why she's known as the French chef. Everyone who has ever loved a martini had it a different way. It may seem simple to make, but as a wise bartender once said, people mess up simple all the time. In that vein, here is the simple Duke Spar Classic Gin Martini recipe and this week's Cocktail of the Week. One reminder before doing anything. Throw the gin, vermouth, and martini glass in the freezer. No one wants a warm martini. Once frosty, then you begin by adding three dashes of dry vermouth into the frozen martini glass and coat that inside of the glass. Then pour in four ounces of gin. Squeeze a lemon peel atop of the gin and gently circle the glass rim with it. Then pop the lemon peel in. No shaking, no stirring, only savoring. You'll find this recipe and more martini recipes, plus all the cocktails of the week at alushlifemanual.com, where you'll also find all the ingredients in our shop. Can I admit that my favorite martini is a very dirty vodka martini with blue cheese stuffed olives? I'll settle for no blue cheese, but always dirty. I thought I could handle a martini or two, but that was until I tried one of Alessandro's martinis. There is a reason there is a two-martini maximum at Duke's. If you live for Lush Life, would you consider supporting us by buying us a coffee? Just go to buymeacoffee.com lushlife and you can donate once or monthly to make sure we are still here every Tuesday. Also, you know how much I love to talk about cocktails, and we can all talk together on the flick.group slash Lush Life app. It's free to join and works on Android or iOS devices. Plus, you can listen to the latest episodes right there if you want to catch up. Theme music for Lush Life is by Stephen Shapiro and used with permission. And Lush Life is always and will be forever produced by Evo Terra and Simpler Media Productions. Which leaves me to say the wise words of Oscar Wilde. All things in moderation, including moderation. And always drink responsibly. Okay, that second part was mine. In the forthcoming episode, we'll explore one Australian Negroni, taking the classic and reinventing it down under. Until next time, bottoms up.